0: to begin. Uh, uh, there's handouts back there on the chair by the, uh, the soundboard. We're about to begin uh, our, our Sunday school time here together. We are going to be continuing our profiles in faith. Uh, we've got uh, this today. We're going to finish off on Caleb. Uh, there's just so much so much about his character here. It was hard to try and put that into one week. So we've got two weeks worth of uh, time in, in studying the, the profile of Caleb. And then next week, uh, Sam will be sharing with us on Joseph and the life of Joseph and that other man of faith there uh, and how what that looked like. So we will uh, open up in prayer and then we'll begin our study, our uh, finishing up in Caleb. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again so much. You have given us so many great examples of faith and action in your word so that we can, we can follow those examples, and we can be encouraged and, and know that, uh, Lord, um, with your help, we can do these things. We can trust you, and you are trustworthy. So, Lord, please open our, our ears and our hearts and minds to hear this encouragement, to hear your truth, and to apply it to our lives. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, as I mentioned, we're going to be finishing off our, our study of Caleb this week, and we're going to start with a quick summary uh, for those that weren't here last week, but just, just to make sure we're staying in the right context here, I want to give a quick summary of, for the reasons, reasons that we're studying characters in the Bible first, and then secondly, um, what we discovered about Caleb's character last week, and we're going to add a few more uh, traits, character traits, that we're going to study about, his, uh, about him this week. Obviously the basis for studying the people in the Bible is found in a number of verses and I in, in the handouts that are in the back there, I tried to uh, add a few more to what we had there last week and I've emphasized a few more and actually expanded some of the context of some of those passages. So there's a lot of passages in there. Uh, last re- week we read from 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 5, and 6, but I want to read from verse 11 uh, of 1 Corinthians 10 this week because I think it amplifies the reason we're studying this even more. It says, now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. So for those of us that are living in this age now after the incarnation, uh, the death and resurrection of of Jesus Christ, we've all been given the, the word of God these examples of faith in, in action. Of, and we're, we're seeing also both unfaithful people and faithful people that we get examples of. And this is for our instruction uh, so that we can know a, how we can walk in a way that pleases God. Romans 15, verses 4 through 6, uh, sums it up this way. For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may, be, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is the purpose for our study. I hope those, those, those verses especially, I hope, can crystallize why we're studying these, these people in the Bible. I alluded to an example last week, just briefly, of of the great banquet in Luke 14, uh, verses 16 through 24. And I want to go into that a little bit more depth, too, because this gives us, uh, again, some, I think, some good context for for our study here today. So, again, in Luke 14, uh, verses 16 through 24, it starts, but he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited... Many, and at that, and at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, "Come, for everything is now ready." But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, "I have bought a field; I must go and see it. Please have me excused." And another said, "I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused." And another said, "I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come." So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to the servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. So, Jesus' parable here actually relates back pretty directly to the story of the Israelites and the promised land. So there was a promise. They were invited to go in and take this land. God always lives up to his promises. He's providing it, just like in this, this banquet. There's a banquet that is being provided for people to just come and partake of. Very, very, I hope you see the analogy there. But we read that though these Israelites were invited to come into this land flowing with milk and honey, they're just not grasping it. We, we read in the book of Numbers last week how the Israelites have been miraculously saved out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And then through that, God brought them out with a, <laughs> the, the, the pillar of, of fire and cloud and parting the Red Sea and all these other miracles sustaining them with water from rocks, manna from heaven, all of these miracles he has done to make it really clear that he is going to provide for them and give them all they need. He's sustained them, he's shown them his power, he's shown them his trustworthiness and care, but because of their lack of trust in his promises, their invitation is revoked, and it's given to the next generation. We read in Numbers 14.12 that God was so angry with the nation that he says, I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. And as we talked about last week, Moses intervenes and asks the Lord to please pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now. That's in verse 14, or 19 rather. And he asked the prayer is for God's own namesake. That it doesn't destroy the nation immediately. Uh, but pronounces but he does pronounce that this generation will not enter into the promised land. They're not going to enjoy this, this, this banquet. And especially because these people, the, the sentence for these grumblers is basically 40 years of wandering in the desert. And here in verse 33 he says, "They shall suffer for your faithful faithlessness until the last of your dead bodies lies in the wilderness. Sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? Your dead bodies are gonna, I'm not gonna just wipe you out right now, but what's gonna happen, there is a judgment. There are consequences to your grumbling and complaining. Not only are you not going to come to this, this place flowing with milk and honey, but your bodies are gonna be scattered through this wilderness over the next 40 years as you wander around. And we learned last week that the lack of trust in the Lord is equated with the, the sin of rebellion. That's how it's specifically called out by both Caleb and the Lord himself, affirming that, that that's what this is. This is rebellion. And, excuse me. And, but we can all take heart, hopefully that this is a lesson we can all remember and apply to ourselves of the Lord's trustworthiness in, in all of this. Trusting and obeying the Lord is what pleases him. And Joshua and Caleb e- exemplified that attitude and that whole posture. The, the Lord rewards their their faithfulness. And in, in Numbers, uh, in, in the passage in uh, chapter 14, verses 36 through 38, we see the star, start, very, very stark contrast of how the Lord deals with those who don't trust him. It says, And the men whom Moses sent, to spy out the land, who returned and made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing up a bad report about the land, the men who brought up a bad report of the land died by plague before the Lord. And of those men who went out to spy the land, only Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive. Obviously, this is very sobering to consider this. God did give the greater judgment to those leaders. Remember, Those 12 spies that were sent out, these were all leaders of their respective uh, clans and tribes. The judgment, the higher judgment was on them and immediately those 10 were wiped out and then the rest of the grumblers, over 40 years, slowly died out. That whole generation died out in in the wilderness wanderings there. Those that reject the promises of God, obviously, are not going to enjoy uh, that lavish feast at God's table. This, and again, this is going back to that parable that we just read a moment ago. So our story in the Old Testament, this, this story in the Old Testament really points us to the fulfillment that is made in Christ. And that's why I, I always like to, there's so many links between the Old and New Testament pointing back to each other. I think it's really important when we're studying God's word that we always bring that in so you can see the continuity there. Uh, we discussed the character traits also exhibited by caleb last week and those include uh, faith trust courage and steadfastness those were the four that we kind of focused on and brought up last week and as we move into the history of the next generation of israelites finally going in and taking possession of the promised land caleb's character is put on display again and we definitely see more of these same traits those first four i just mentioned we see more of that as they're getting ready to go in um, And we definitely, uh, I think you're going to see that there's a few more traits that become very, very apparent that we want to emulate as well. So the main part of our verse we're going to read is going to be in in Joshua this week. for Joshua 14, verses 6 through 15. It says, uh, starting in verse 6, Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite said to him, You know that the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely, The land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength is now as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country for which the Lord has spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim, remember that word, that, that name, the Anakim were there, and, this, and with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him. and and he gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite to this day because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim and the land had rest from war. So let's consider some of the historical facts here because they really help kind of showcase um, uh, the character of, of Caleb here. So first of all, I mean, Caleb lived, historically speaking, this is, this is a, a while after the flood. So this is not like pre, pre-flood where people were all living hundreds of years. This is after the flood. So somebody being 85 years old, think about that. That was about as long as anybody usually lived. There are a few examples of people living to 100 or a little bit beyond that, but those are rarities just like they are today. So again, in Caleb's time, being 85 means you're probably in the very end end part of your life if, you know, or maybe you've gone past the average at this point. Very rare that people are gonna live longer than that. So he's 85 years old and he's still as strong and vibrant enough to lead his people uh, in the battle against some really fierce enemies, the Anakim. We talked a little bit about this last week, but if you don't, if you don't know, uh, just think Goliath of Gath. He was a descendant of Anak. Okay, the, the, those were the those were the people. We're talking big, seven-foot, large people, Andre the Giant-looking guys, <laughs> that were fierce and ready for war. Okay, these were not just okay. We can go take care of, you know, these these you know. A, a small tribe of pygmies or something. These were fierce people and they were in the hill country and they had fortified cities. So I mean, think about this. So here's this 85 year old guy um, that is still vibrant and, and ready. And the Lord granted him not only this long life till already 85, but unusual health and vigor. I mean, the Lord has granted this and it says this over and over again, that the Lord is granting this, but he's got this unusual health and vigor at his age, <laughs> we were just had a few comments before before service this morning. I mean, I, I, I'm 61, <laughs> and there's no way that I'm going to stand in front of anybody and say, "Yes, I'm as vibrant as I was when I was 40 years old," because it's it's downhill, folks. And for those of you who are there younger, <laughs> you'll see as as you get older. But he's 85. We were talking about just man. We're just not anywhere near that that place. And and I'm not even near 85 yet. So God has really blessed this man. And he says, give me the hill country with the giants. So he's ready to go up against, I I guess, and just the fact that he's, he's an older guy, I guess makes him one of my, is part of why he's one of my heroes of the faith, because here's this older guy that in the later part of his life is still saying, Lord, I trust you. You can make this happen. Let's go do this. Allow me to go do this in your name. And uh, again, he wasn't a perfect man. He's not Jesus. He's not sinless. But he was wholly following after God. It says it three times in just the the passage that we just read. He wholly followed after God. So he's got this faith, even in the later part. And I pray that for all of us, that we all want to finish well. We all want to end our life for Christ finishing strong. Still being willing to, to take these, these strongholds in the, name of, in the name of Jesus. So this, this life, just Caleb's life points us to the perfection that is found ultimately in Christ. He's, he's following after God. God's granting him this uh, amazing strength and zeal. And he's got zeal for the promises of God. We see that repeated over and over again. He has zeal and trust and faith in these promises of God, even after 40 years in the wilderness. I, I think one of the words that we used last, last week to, as part of uh, Caleb's character was steadfast. Would you say that after 40 years of traveling in the wilderness, that would show that, that he's steadfast would be a very good way to describe the character of this man? He is steadfast. Forty years later, he remembers exactly what that promise was that was made. And he's like, okay, I'm ready to take this. Even though the rest of the country was the rest of the nation wasn't ready at the time, I am ready to go take what the Lord has promised now. Think for me for one moment. uh, And I want to, you know, he's obviously showing a lot of perseverance and patience and uh, persistence through all this. (laughs) Certainly patience. And and I want to make this personal. Think with me for a moment, what your attitude, and I, I, because I walk through this with myself, and I want you to all take a moment to think through what would your attitude be if your life was hampered or hindered by someone else's bad choices and decisions? Maybe you're living in that kind of situation right now where you have to deal with the consequences of someone else's sin, how do you respond to that? This is one of these takeaways. Or, 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 from an application standpoint, I, 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 am, I just, I implore all of you to think about that because we have things that are out of our control. I know Sam will be talking about Joseph next week. I, I mean, these were things that happened to him. This, these were circumstances that were not his own doing. But how do we respond to those? How do we respond I don't know about you folks, but I, I mean, there are times when I'm just inconvenienced that I get irritated. It's like, oh, this is, this is inconvenient. This is, uh, this is annoying to me. This man was faithful and trusted God and was ready to go do exactly what God had told him to do. But because these other ten bozos that he went out there with to go spy out the land said, oh, no, this is too much. We can't do this. He has to endure 40 years of wandering through a wilderness. When he knows what's over on the other side, he's seen it with his own eyes. He's like, man, this is, this is great land, milk and honey. This is just what God promised. I've seen it with my own eyes. We've carried the grapes back. This is a great place. But I don't get to have that right now because of what somebody else has done. Most of us at some point, if you haven't yet, you will at some point encounter a situation where you will have to deal with the consequences of someone else's choices and decisions. So one of the application points for this is, how will you respond? How does Caleb respond to all of this? So again, this is a takeaway. We don't have to, have, we, if you wanna discuss that a little bit more at the end when we're having some discussions, we can. But, but I, I want you to really take some time and meditate on that when you go home. Because this is, this is the Christian walk. We can persist in prayer and persevere in hope, or we can grumble and complain about the life we don't have because of the actions of someone else. Right? Those are our choices. So what are we going to do? Are we going to grumble and complain? Or are we going to just persevere in hope? And as, we, as we've seen, Caleb certainly has reason to complain about his situation but Caleb remembered God's promises and was bold enough to still trust him after 40 years, 40 years later. You know, the first time he we went to spy out the land, he was still a fairly young buck. Okay, he's in his 40s, but strong and ready. Let's go take him. Now he's now he's 85, and he's still got the same attitude, the same disposition. I'm ready. Lord, you're with me. Let's go do it. Let's go. I I, I love... <laughs> I love in this passage that we just read when he says to his old buddy Joshua, <laughs> "Maybe the Lord will be with with him to drive the inhabitants out like he said." You kind of picture like me this sort of like this 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 smile and this wink at his at his old buddy Joshua. He's like, "Yeah, well, maybe, like you and I told everybody 40 years ago, this is now going to pan out the way God has said," and he's like. Maybe the Lord will be with me now, just as he said he would. He's repeating his promise. It's not like, well, may, I hope maybe he'll be with me. He's like, hey, Joshua, remember it was you and I. We're the ones that trusted God back then and were ready to go. I think maybe he'll God'll still take care of me. It's such a great scene. I picture that in my mind what that would have been like after 40 years of the, of these two guys going through all this stuff together in, in the wilderness. And uh, I think that had to be a very joyful discussion at that point. And you know, previously in, in chapters 13 and even at the beginning of 14, Joshua is in the process of allocating the land to all the different um, uh, tribes and, um, uh, and, and clans there. And this is the only, so when you read through those chapters 13 and, and beginning of 14, this is the only time were any of those allocations of the the land end up with a blessing to any of these people. Caleb's the only one. It says, Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to him. So he was blessed for his faithfulness. And the extent of this blessing shows up in the the next passage in in, uh, 15 verses 13 through 18. Uh, It says... According to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, he gave to Cal- Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, a portion among the people of Judah, Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron. Arba was the father of Anak. And Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak, Shishe, Ahiman, and Talmai, the descendants of Anak, again, the giants, and he went up from there against the inhabitants of De- Debir. Now the name of Debir formerly was Kiriath Sefer. And Caleb said, whoever strikes Kiriath Sefer and captures it, to him I will give Achsa, my daughter, as wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, captured it, and he gave Achsa, his daughter, as wife. When she came to him, she urged him to ask her father for a field. And she got off her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Give me a blessing. Since you have given me the land of the Negeb, give me also springs of water. And he gave her the upper springs and the lower spring. You see, Caleb didn't just ask for some random territory. He asked for and was granted the hill country where the... <laughs> where the giants, the sons of Anak lived, and that, uh, that old guy went after the biggest and baddest of all of these warriors and all these, these nations that were still in the land. He wasn't scared because we see over and over again, he's going out in the power of, of God. He had the Lord's promise and the blessings of Moses previously, he's since passed away, and now Joshua, and he was trusting that same God who had parted the Red Sea and recently, and just recently even dried up the Jordan River again so they could all cross over on dry, dry land uh, to, uh, for Israel to cross. And so he, now they're going into this land, and he's living out what Paul says in Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can be against us? I, I, I think this is just the, the perfect example of someone living out and applying that verse to life. I'm trusting that God's for us Who's going to be against us? Okay, these these great big guys up in the mountains, nah, they're not going to be, they're nothing compared to having God, God on your team, and God behind you and going before you. Uh, This is belief and action. Our passage records that Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak, and this is kind of like Joshua getting getting the spike, the ball in the end zone after a touchdown. Joshua, after all these 40 years of wandering, finally takes the toughest terrain with the toughest people, drives them out of their land, spikes the football, boom. I told, see, what God promised, it's come to pass. He said, I told you all along, we were going to win this game because God promised it to us. He's he's absolutely steadfast and persistent and persevering in all of these things because he knows all along that God is gonna be the one that makes it happen. And if you don't think that was good enough, there's one more blessing that occurs that I want to share. There was still a, another city to be taken and Caleb promises his daughter to the man with enough faith to go up and drive out that last pocket of resistance of these, these big, big bad guys there. So Othniel, his nephew, is up to the challenge, and um, he, has, he has the trust and the courage to take this city. So Caleb is now leaving a legacy. He has shown by example how to live and trust God, and now Othniel is taking up the mantle and saying, okay, I just saw this old guy take all these other three cities, and he's asked me to do this. I trust that you know, God's with us. He's told us that he'll give us I'm gonna follow the same thing that, that I saw my uncle do. I can trust you. So Caleb is leaving a legacy to Othniel. We also see that Caleb's life has rubbed off on his daughter. Uh, she's not afraid to ask for additional blessing from her father in what will be her and Othniel's new homeland. Uh, she's bold because her father was bold, obviously. Uh, He modeled boldness and courage. And Caleb blessed them abundantly just as he has been blessed. I I love this. I I mean, we talk about that a lot here, that we're blessed to be a blessing. That's our purpose. That's what Caleb's doing. He said, I've been blessed. God's given me all this. When my daughter asks for some additional things, these springs, of course I'm going to bless God's blessed me. He's preserved me all this time. We've won this battle against the giants. Of course I'm going to extend that blessing. And if we remember how much we've been blessed, who are we to withhold blessing for others? And I hope you get that out of this because that's the character of, of, of Caleb. He's wanting to bless in the same way. Are we people that want to bless others as well? Fast forward now just a little bit more. There's just one more thing in the story. After Joshua and Caleb had passed away, you know, the Israelites obviously, Caleb's clan did what they were supposed to. They took the possession that they had and they drove out all the people. Now, fast forward, there were still some territories in the promised land where they had not, the Israelites had not driven out some of the inhabitants. And that was therefore a test for them. And but because they didn't drive them out completely as the Lord had commanded, they started intermarrying and started worshiping other gods, and that did not work out well for them. And um, that led to the, the punishment of the nation again. And The last passage I'll share before we get into our discussion time is in Judges. So moving to Judges 3, verses 7 through 11, it says... And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Asheroth. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Cushan rishathaim king of Mesopotamia. And the people of Israel served Cushan rishathaim eight years. But then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, and the Lord raised up a deliverer for the people of Israel, who saved them? Here's the punchline Othniel, the son of Kinaz, Caleb's younger brother. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him, and he judged Israel. He went out to war, and the Lord gave Cushan Rish- Rishathaim, king of Mesopotamia, into his hand, and his hand prevailed over Cushan Rishathaim. So the land had rest for 40 years. Caleb's legacy included his son-in-law. And that legacy of Othniel, he became the very first one of the judges to deliver Israel after they started falling away again. He was the very first one. I, this, was, this was amazing. I had never really put all of these, these pieces together until you started, I started studying all this, and you realize, wow, this is the same thing. I hope that we all want to do the same thing and leave a legacy to the people we love, the people that are part of our family or as extended family that we work with, that we want to leave a legacy of trust and faith and hope and persistence and patience and perseverance. I I think this story, I I hope this gives you at least, a. I hope this inspires you to read through the stories again because I'm just so inspired reading through the life of Caleb and how he was not only faithful but that that rubbed off and impacted not only his fam- family it impacted the whole nation of Israel after they started falling away and started following other gods who was the very first one that came someone who'd been influenced by his uncle who was a faithful man who wholly followed after God boy I want that to be our life that we would be people of that kind of impact and that kind of legacy. And I pray that we live like that. So that said, I wanna just kinda open it up uh, for for some questions here in your handout. uh, I kind of already asked that question, the first question there, and we can, uh, if you wanna talk about that, great, or we can, um, but I do pray that you will consider that first question in your own time, at your own home. <laughs> also, to ask yourself, to look in the mirror, honestly, how do we respond when the actions, and, and I wanna open it up here, for anybody that's, that's willing to be open and candid about how we normally respond when people do bad things that impact us, that the consequences impact us. Anybody wanna share anything about that in particular? Just, just how, what our typical responses are? I know it's a personal question, but, uh, and some of you are still dealing with some of that, where you are at and where you live. You know, Caleb was not sinless, the second question there, you know, Caleb was not sinless, but he, but he definitely points us to Christ. Which kind of leads us into in the, in the next question here, and we've got microphones ready when if you guys want to chime in here. This is the first time we've had a chance to study any of the characters or profiles in the Bible. Why is it important for us to study other characters, other than Jesus? Because I mean, obviously, he's our number one. That's that's who we are trying to follow. That's who we need to emulate most. He's the perfect example. But why why is it important that we study other characters in the Bible? What 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 are some reasons why why we would want to study other characters in the Bible? microphone who's got the mic oh, there we go
1: um, just because they're humans just like we are and they are sinners and they fail and yet they we can see how God works in their lives even through their sin and obviously following Christ is the perfect example which we are not perfect um, so we kind of need to balance of knowing that we're they're sinners just like we are and their lives, help us see how we can deal with things and respond, and how not to respond
0: sometimes. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yes. And I I think uh, kind of along the the same lines, um, one of the things that I do as uh, as a pilot to try to be safe is I I study... um, uh, different in, uh, different situations that other pilots have gotten themselves into whether it be crashes or, or things of that nature and I, I go back and look at okay what, what did they do wrong what did they do right how did they get in that position and you know more importantly you know if it was somebody who crashed how can I avoid putting myself in that position and so I try to, I try to learn from that to avoid putting myself in a dangerous position and I think we can do the same thing with characters of scripture looking at both the positive and the negative. The downside of only looking at Jesus is you only get the positive. You can't learn from his mistakes because he didn't make any. Yes. <laughs> right? right. Um, whereas when we look at other characters in the Bible, we, we get both. We see that we see some of the positives and the negatives, and we can learn from both of those. Hey, here are some things I should do, here are some of the things I shouldn't do. And then the encouragement as well that God can use people who are who are flawed. You mentioned that Caleb in fact was not sinless. He, you know, he had plenty of sin. And yet God still used him to do a, a lot of great things, um, including influencing the next generation. And so, you know, even for us as believers being flawed, God can still use us and we can take that as an encouragement. Amen. Uh, amen.
0: That's really important. Yeah.
2: And the other um, good thing about studying the Bible characters as well is to, to see the way that God um, uses uh, the, those people. For his purposes, so in terms of, you know, uh, we're talking about focusing on the heart um, and and the things that are unseen versus you know the physical, uh, prowess of of some of these people, um, some of them, or most of them have been weak, uh, or incapable for the calling that God put them through, and through God's strength and 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 uh, I guess His Spirit enabled. Uh, enable those people to be able to perform what what he called them to do so to see the those trends if you will uh, Encourage us to to being to be faithful with uh, the things that God called us even when we feel like we are uh, We are not able or we don't have the uh, all that there is uh, for us to perform those those tasks if you will so I I think that's uh, encouragement and to to help us to be faithful in in whatever that we do here
0: yeah, piggybacking on that, too, it just, when, when you think about, we don't even know, you mentioned that, what the other outward workings of that could be, when God's working behind the scenes, we see these people, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have necessarily thought that, oh, well, the first judge of, the first judge of, of Israel is going to be related to the actions of this one man. That's a, I think a good thing for us to remember, we don't know what the downstream consequences of faithfully following God are gonna be. They're gonna be beyond maybe what we can see or think or even imagine, and we need to keep that in mind. Just be faithful for that. And, and piggyback on what Rebecca said, sometimes it's, it's kind of daunting when we only see examples of Jesus who's perfect. <laughs> we just, we know we can't do that, but we see these other flawed people and we go, okay, God still use them. I guess he could still use a broken, flawed person like me. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, we just read and we spent two weeks now looking at the the, the, the life and the, the profile of, of Caleb. Are there any character traits that we just discussed over the last couple weeks that you would like to develop more in your own life? And what are they? Is there anything from Caleb's life? We, we mentioned the, the four from last week and then Obviously, the, the three Ps from this week of you know, perseverance, persistence, and patience, uh, certainly steadfastness was part of, part of his character trait. What, are there any of these character traits that you see exhibited in Caleb that you would like to, to, to see develop more in you or that you want to pray for more of in your own walk with the Lord? I mean, I, I mean the, the persistence and perseverance is, is, is huge for me because sometimes we can't see. And, and I, I, I want to be able to just be faithfully continuing uh, as I get older to still keep following, trusting, and obeying Christ um, and not letting these other irritants that are out of my control turn me into a grumbler. I mean, because here's a guy who had plenty of reason to become a grumbler, and he didn't. I, I mean, those, those are definitely characteristics. Um, and, and obviously, just I want to, I, I hope with my last breath, I'm still saying, Lord, I, I, <laughs> I want to do this in your name. I, I pray for that as we get older. Any other thoughts or, or, or ideas that you want to share about um, any traits that really stand out to you about Caleb? that you found encouraging?
1: Yeah, I think just like you had said, like being able to finish well, you know, and not going, oh, you know, the outward man is wasting away, the inward, the, that is true, but the, uh, the other part of the passage is also true, but the inward man is being renewed day by day so I don't want to ever go, man, you know, like I'm getting older, I'm getting tired, the wheels are falling off. Lord understands, you know, if I give in here or there, just to really maintain the, the, that spiritual vigor to be able to pursue and to, to, to finish well and to make the most of every opportunity that the Lord gives us.
0: We're, I think we're finished just on time here. Uh, I wanna just again encourage you to just consider the life of Caleb and, and uh, be encouraged by the life of Caleb. Here's another broken, fallen person that still trusted God and wants to make him get the glory that's through his name. And if you're facing any challenging situations, where you're having to deal with the consequences of somebody else's sins, I I just want to encourage you to not let that impact you and your life, but be faithful. Trust and obey, just like our brother Caleb did through all of this. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all of these examples that you give us in your word. Lord, I pray that the passages that we read and the that that we go back and reread these all of these passages, Lord, point us to a, a faithfulness that, that we need to have more of ourselves, Lord. Uh, starting with me, continue to give me, give me, <laughs> give me steadfastness, Lord. Give me strength and vigor, um, and and just perseverance. Even uh, if my own strength isn't there, that You would just continue to give uh, the, that perseverance and persistence to proclaim Your truth in love in every opportunity that that you bring in, into our paths lord i just pray that we would we would faithfully proclaim the good news there and that we re- remind each other of those that have gone before us that 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 are captured in the truth of your word and the history of your word for our for our instruction lord let us take that instruction and apply it to our lives help us to look closely at our own lives and examine whether we're falling prey to uh, any sinful patterns, and to just lay that at your feet, Lord, and trust you to give us the strength to work through it and give us the endurance that we need to get, to get through that, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to prepare our hearts as we really get ready now to, to worship you in, in song and through communion and the message, and uh, Lord, that we would uh, be shouting aloud how grateful we are to have a faithful Lord and Savior like you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.